Welcome back to the Kenny Chesser Podcast. I am your host, Kenny Chesser, and I'm excited about today's episode, the last episode of 2021. We made it, fam. We're here. It's at the end of the year. We started in January, and now we're in December. So today's episode is actually going to be a year-end review. We're going to check all the boxes today, going to talk about politics, going to talk about religion. Not sure much on philosophy today, but we are going to talk about some literature and going to give you my report card on several of these facets going down, even judging me, yours truly, on some of the goals that I had set at the beginning of the year. It's going to be a fun episode. I think you should probably buckle up. Let's get to work. I don't know. It seems to me that he shouldn't be saying that. Well, what is it that you want him to say? Shut him down. All right, guys, we got a very busy show today, and I can't wait to get to it. But before I do, I have to say we have a first here at the Kenny Chester Podcast. I'm so excited to announce that today's episode is sponsored by Woody Barbecue Sauce. It is something that come to me through my Twitter relationships. I knew this guy from a review community, and he does this, sells it to the public. He sent me a ton of it to review, and we've used a couple bottles now. We've used some on some ribs, and we did some, I want to say, on some more chicken. And I haven't grilled with it yet, but man, I'm telling you what, if you are looking for a small business to support and someone that does quality work, I would say send an email to woodybutlerbarbecue at gmail.com. That is Woody, W-O-O-D-Y, Butler, B-U-T-L-E-R-B-B-Q at gmail.com. He sent me some original. He sent me some hot, inferno, smoke, mustard, tiki, bonfire, volcano, and peach chipotle. And I'm going to tell you, he's got some seasonings that are for sale as well. And everything that we've tried so far is fantastic. Cannot recommend them enough. Thank you so much uh, for sponsoring today's episode. Once again, Woody Barbecue Sauce, and that's Woody Butler Barbecue, BBQ at gmail.com. So let's move into today's episode. I cannot wait to talk. This is going to be a very meta episode. We're going to talk about the uh, the Kenny Chester podcast a little bit as we're doing a year in review, and then we're going to do some report card on some of the other things that we like to talk about here at the show. The number one thing I want to talk about right off the bat, and this is something we rarely do here at the Kenny Chester podcast, and that is talk about analytics. And And so we're going to give a few analytics that came to, uh, to me, uh, and I have to uh, be careful with how I report this because I, I use two different um, platforms that give me analytics and there's no crossover um, on some of the numbers and there's some crossover on the other numbers. And so it it took me a while. It's very tedious to go through and make sure that the the numbers are uh, being uh, reported correctly. And the one way that I figured this out was, if you don't uh, realize or uh, have you never created content and and use uh, any of these podcast platforms is that I use a, a place called Anchor and I record and upload from Anchor. And then it will send out to pretty much any um, uh, podcasting platform that you want it to go on. Uh, But if you uh, submit it through Anchor, you do not get some of the other uh, analytic uh, measurements from some of these larger platforms like, say, like Apple uh, Podcasts. And so what I've done with my account is I let Anchor go send it to every one of them, like the Google uh, Podcasts, the uh, Spotify's, the uh, Stitcher, all those other ones, except for Apple. And I submit it myself through Apple that way, cause they have better analytics and you can get a little more detail. Um, but that being said, 
I don't want to double count. So for the first half of the year, when I did check my analytics, I was always undercounting because I thought that 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 I would get uh, that I, I didn't want to double uh, and count the same numbers. One of the reasons that, and I'm going to talk about this episode a little bit uh, in a second, is that one of the reasons I figured out I was counting wrong is because I was starting to get analytics. I was thinking if I was double counting, then I would never have an episode on Apple that would have more than my analytics on Anchor because they would be counted into the Anchor, and there's no way that would there there would be no reason to account for the imbalance. And so in some of my larger episodes, I've realized that I'm having more plays on Apple than I'm having even all combined on the seven other platforms via Anchor. And so what that tells me is that it's not double counting. So I had to go back and readjust some of my statistics, which was actually pretty good if, if um, as an encouragement because uh, I was I had severely been undercounting. And it was around that time I started noticing that I was getting a lot more play than I thought I was because most of my people listen to me via Apple. And so now that I know that and I can add and combine those stats when it comes to downloads or plays, um, it's very, very encouraging. And so that being said, um, Anchor and Spotify, I can't remember. Either Anchor owns Spotify or Spotify owns Anchor. I can't remember which one is which. And so there are some really cool statistics that come from Anchor uh, that does not account for the Apple, which is hard. You know, it's difficult because Apple, most, like I said before, most of my listeners are listening on an Apple device uh, or through the Apple podcasting app. Some of you are listening on Apple device, but you're listening through Spotify, which is great because I love Spotify as well. So saying that, these right I'm about to read to you are specific to Spotify because Spotify does a thing. If you listen uh, to podcasts on there or listen to music on there, um, and now I realize that as a creator, they do a, a thing called Wrapped. And Wrapped, what it does, it gives you year-end statistics. Now, this is only for Spotify listeners. And so this does not apply to uh, the numerous uh, people out there that are listening via Apple. But I thought this was pretty cool. Just on Spotify, I had 26 fans that listened to my podcast more than any other podcast they were listening to. That was pretty cool. Um, that was that, that just means that don't mean that I had 26 fans, which I would be happy with 26 fans. That just means I had 26 fans that were that they were my number one fan or my podcast was their number one podcast. I thought that was really cool. It also informed me that I had released 1900 minutes of content across 56 episodes. Now, I don't even know what number we're at today. This these statistics stopped um sometime in November, I believe. And so I've actually I'm, I know I'm more than that now because I'm in my I think I'm in the mid 60s when it comes to releasing. Okay. And so let's do some combined uh, stats right now. This is from Apple and uh, Spotify. I was able to put together. We have listeners in over 25 countries around the world. And I have to say thank you so much. Every, wherever you're listening from, whatever country it is, thank you so much for listening today. Um, and I'd love to hear from you. If you are if you are listening to, on a platform that is able to leave a review, I would love for somebody uh, in one of these other countries to review me. Even, even if it's a low review, just say, hey, I listened to from Ecuador and you are terrible. <laughs> that would be okay. I would just like, I would love to know uh, where you guys are listening from um let's see 100 plays and listeners not downloads per episode that okay so what i'm averaging right now is on since january until now um i'm getting 100 plays and listeners per episode and that's not downloads the downloads are going to be more because some people if you subscribe to a podcast they'll download onto your phone and you might not ever listen to it this is a very cool feature because it tells you how many listeners how many plays and for at the end of the year 
I'm averaging over a hundred plays and listeners per episode. That is very good for me because I I, I I I did not expect that. Um, I was not. Um, uh, I don't promote very well uh, when it comes to marketing and stuff like that. Um, and that's something I might be doing in 2022. So look out out there if you are uh, on social media a lot more. I might I might hop back on Facebook or Instagram and and create um, either a Kenny Chester page or just uh, log into my own personal page and start uh, promoting it a little bit more because I think I would like to expand my my listenership. But I, for the first year, and not knowing really what this was going to be at the beginning, to have uh, averaging 100 plays and listeners per episode, that was really encouraging. Um, if you want to know the most uh, plays I had on any episode, now that, well, once again, 100 is the average. I had 500 plays on my top episode this year. My top episode was my episode with Brother um, Kenny Carpenter, General Superintendent of the ALJC. I knew that was going to be a huge one, and I was so thankful and so honored that he came on. But that was uh, right at 500 plays. Uh, that means 500 people listened, or it was played 500 times. And I, I'm, I don't really, I can't access the download. I'm sure, I'm sure it's there somewhere. I'm sure it was downloaded more than that for those of you that subscribed out there but didn't listen. But man, that's that's really humbling. And I had a few, a handful of others that were like that. And I've noticed a lot of my major plays like that when I get more plays is my long form conversations. Um, and I'm that. Is something I'm planning on doing a lot more in of in 2022 is I like the 30 minute half hour uh, I get in get out make my point um, but it seems like there is a an audience there is a a desire for those long form conversations by by evidence of some the success of somebody like a Joe Rogan. Obviously, I'm not a Joe Rogan, but to, to, to know that people can listen and, and, and listen to two and three hour long conversations is very encouraging because I like having those conversations. I didn't know where my, my audience would be. And knowing that that was my, my, my biggest audience, or my biggest play, the other ones in the top three were my first episode. I guess that's probably because when everybody's checking out podcasts, you want to go to the first one, maybe just kind of see where they're at. And it's kind of unnerving because it was probably the, le- the, le- the least qualified or quality one as far as the audio production. I was just learning what I was doing and I didn't know what I was doing. And so, but I guess people just get the idea. And of course, the title, the politics and religion kind of setting the tone of the podcast. A lot of people went and played that, uh, and then also uh, I had a, a great number of people listening to the John Voskis, the Podfather episode, which again shows you, I think people, I think there's a demand or a desire for those long-form conversations, so be listening uh, for 2022, some more of that. Um, okay, now let's get into the report card uh, features. We're doing good today on time. We're only at 10 minutes, and you say, well, Chester, it don't matter. We can listen to you for an hour. I, I beg to differ. I don't think you could listen to me for an hour. You could listen to me have a conversation <laughs> with someone for an hour, maybe. Uh, And so I'm going to uh, try to get in and get out today. And so we're doing a report card here. We did not do a report card yet on the uh, the podcast. Um, we'll talk about that a little bit later on. That's something I think somebody else should review. I'm going to be a my personal critic when it comes to some of my goals, and so we'll do it that way. But as far as this goes right here, I'm going to start doing a report card now. Let's get into the politics. Let's do the two major politicians of 2021 as the year started out, and we're going to grade them in various areas. And I'll try to keep my blood pressure down. <laughs> I had a great holiday season. Uh, that's something else I haven't posted a lot during this time, just because I've enjoying my family and my friends, a lot of events, and I encourage you to do the same. And so if you're listening today, if this is uh, on New Year's Eve when I posted or New Year's Day or whenever, thank you for listening. I hope you've had a wonderful holiday season as well. And Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. So let's get into the politics right now. Let's let's start with President Joe Biden. If I'm giving him a report card and I'm going to give him a standard grade, I'm going to I'm, I'm going to tell you, and I, I don't want to be a partisan hack here because I try to uh, give him props when he does 
something good, but there's no way around this, no way around this. President Joe Biden gets an F on every imaginable subject. You say, man, like all the subjects? Like, yes, if you were to send him the old school yellow report card home, if you say foreign policy, He's been a disaster. I read an article this morning. I mean, I mean, literally right before I started recording this, where people in Afghanistan were literally selling their children to survive. Now, when you think of the worst types of, of national shame and, and poverty in biblical terms, you think of those times where people were literally trying to uh, cook and eat their children to survive. And I, I don't know where this falls on the spectrum. I don't, I don't think it's as, as bad as that. But I mean, imagine selling your children to survive. Anybody that was watching and paying attention uh, during our, our disastrous Afghanistan um, withdrawal was the imagery of those people clinging to the plane and then falling off um, as it uh, ascended into the air. That's just, that's one of those, those things that will never, they'll, that'll, that will never leave the, uh, the imagery of, of the Biden presidency. And that's something that you'll always remember, like as no matter where you, how old you were, well, maybe it doesn't matter, but if you were a, an adult or a late teen and you see something like that, it's, you know, th- that's, that imagery is stamped, it's burned into your mind. And so far as foreign policy goes, I thought that was disastrous. Domestic policy has been an abject failure. Uh, you can break these down specifically when it comes to the economy. Um, you can, you, you, I mean, there, you guys just went through the, the holiday season and you know the prices and the, the supply chain issues that we're having, uh, gas prices, um, the border would fall under domestic policy. I mean, th- this, is, this is where I think Biden doesn't get as criticized as much as he should is because there's so many bad things happening. Like the only way we don't stop, we, we stopped talking about the border was because of, you know, Afghanistan or the only reason we stopped talking about the pandemic was because of, you know, the border. And it's, it's all, this seems like another massive failure is the only way to move you off of the other or the, the latest or the most recent before that one massive failure. Um, I think he's been a disaster on climate as far as um, reentering the the Paris Accords. Like we, uh, I had a whole episode about that, or I had a, a, a part of an episode about that when we were talking about uh, Biden. I think it's first 100 days, and so you you have my opinion on that. And I'm trying to get uh, down to some other things here. Uh, and I would say let's let's just end with the I think his his worst uh, or some of the worst uh, things that he's done as president has been his response to the pandemic. I don't understand. This this is this is this is where he he misses the mark majorly is if you while you campaign if you hang every death on the president and this is what they did. You can go back and review the tape. There's receipts on the internet. The internet is forever. They at every chance they got, they would say things like X amount of deaths, no one should remain president with X amount of deaths. And they would could criticize policy if we had this faster, if we had been prepared for this. And then, so if you, if you equate, or if you say that the president is responsible for death, COVID deaths, in which there, the, the pandemic was not caused by Donald Trump, it did not originate in the United States of America, you can criticize all you want about what, what uh, Trump did early on, and they did. They did. They called him racist when he did a travel ban. Um, they 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 said that he was um, incompetent when it come to um, 
testing and all these, all these things, all the things. I don't have to review all of them because you know what I'm talking about. If you're honest, you know what I'm talking about. When you hang all of that on the president and then you become president and you have three vaccines when Trump did not, although Trump, I don't think has gotten enough credit for Operation Warp Speed, these miracle vaccines that, you know, that, that, that were lauded as these great uh, science innovations. When Trump didn't have that for the majority, I think what they start, they, they, they approved it, uh, emergency authorization in November. I can't remember exactly. It was right before election, right after. And, and so when you go into the new year and you got three vaccines, and you've you and you've promised this was a campaign promise i will not shut down the economy i will shut down the virus if that is your standard of success and you with three vaccines have more deaths hanging over you then by your own standard of of uh, by your own standard of success your measurement you're using you should resign in shame but he's not going to resign in shame. It was it was politics. I was not. It was not fair to to say that Trump was responsible for these deaths. It's not fair to say that Biden is responsible for every individual death. We live in a free society, or we lived. We used to live in a super free society. Um, that's another uh, topic for another time. But the fact is, we all make our personal decisions. People can can do whatever they want to, or they should be able to do what they want to when it comes to personal health decisions. And so, you cannot blame the government for all these deaths. Here's the problem, and this is a biblical prescription. Once you once you judge, you're going to be judged by whatever judgment you meet out. This is a biblical principle. And so when you ju- when that's the standard, and that's the standard you apply to your predecessor, then guess what? Then you are an ab- abject failure. And I believe by that standard, he is an abject failure. Now, I believe on other standards, it's been a disaster. It's been an absolute disaster. And, and it looks like, you know, going into this new Omicron surge that's happening in other parts of the world and looking like it's going to hit over here. What's what's just disconcerting is that I've read some data that we're not even in. We're still we're still having issues with Delta. Delta is still the primary um, variant that we've, we're seeing and testing for. Maybe there's some lag in the data, but once it hits here, we're going to have some, another astronomical. Um, now, the good news is that it seems like the cases are much milder, but the cases will go up. And depending on who is making the point, they're going to bang the table and say, this is bad. This is bad. It's going to overwhelm the health systems. And the reason it's overwhelming in the health system is because you've created a panic when you when and, and and there's a rush for all these rapid tests at home. It's just a mess. It is a mess. And so he gets an F on that. Um, the only mildly positive thing that I've seen Joe Biden do recently is take a a just a a small is a step in the right direction when it comes to his treatment with China. And that was specifically in refusing to send diplomats to the winter games that are upcoming. Um, we're still sending our athletes. I don't think that's wise. I think we should, I think if we're going to protest, don't protest with our politicians. Let's protest the whole thing. And so I think that's what we do, but he did take a step in the right direction. He is calling him out. And so that's good. That is a good step. Um, that is the only mild, like I said, mildly positive thing that I can say. Now let's, Trump is not president anymore, but Trump was president for a a few weeks there in 2021. And while he was president, Donald Trump gets an F from the Kenny Chesser podcast. And the reason he gets an F is because, well, there's there's two reasons. There was the the fiasco of January 6th. Now, listen, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I do not think that everything that was said about January 6th is true. I think it was blown out of proportion, but I do not think it was the worst attack on democracy that this this, country has seen since the Civil War. That is insane thinking. We've actually had people gunned down like shots. Uh, um, Steve Scalise almost died because a Bernie Sanders supporter 
reporter shot up a Republican uh, softball practice. Um, I, I'm sorry, that doesn't like the, the, there was one person that died on January 6th and they were killed by law enforcement and it was a Trump supporter. There was nobody that was there to to murder people or try to murder people. You can see there was that the the one death that would happen afterward that initially they said was caused by the supporters has not has ruled by uh, a coroner that it was not caused by that. Uh, I think it was blown out of proportion. I think it was shameful. I think it was stupid. I think it was a lot of negative things, but I do not think it was what the 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 media and the Democratic um, Party would have you believe. And so. So Trump, he, he did not do good. That was awful that day. I want to tell you why he also gets an F for me is because he costs conservatives two Senate seats. And there's no way around this. You can be the biggest Trump fan. You can be the, the, the biggest magastolic that's out there. I'm, I get that. I understand. I thought Trump, as a, as a president, if I was rating his president, he was probably the best president as far as policy goes of, of my lifetime. He was killing it on the policy before the pandemic hit. He was his, The numbers were insane. Economic numbers were insane. I thought he was doing great before policy and all the peace accords uh, there over there in the Middle East, seemingly unbelievable what he was able to do. I think Trump gets an A plus in all of those four years. But we're talking about the first few weeks of 2020. This is a 2021. This is a 2021 review. Trump gets an F because he cost us those two seats in Georgia. You can say whatever you want. Trump was a giant man baby. And I told my friends at the beginning of the year, I was like, this is what Trump's going to do. Trump lost the election. He cannot... He cannot go quietly out and and say, okay, let's get him in 2024. He is like, he, he, he reminds me of a petulant child that when playing a board game and they get out. Now, the game is still to be played. There's still people participating and can do good things in the game and can win the game. Trump instead kicks over the board game. He kicks over the table and he walks out and everybody loses. And that's what he did. He calls his Republicans to lose. You can you can splice it however you want to say it. But the reason that, and, and luckily, We've had some some moderate, quote unquote, moderate Democratic senators that were that that have been holding the line in 2021. That way, we're not paying more dearly for Trump's awful political. what is the what's the word political sense there in 20 in those first couple of weeks because he cost us those two senate seats in uh georgia and nobody could convince me otherwise i think it's i think it's obvious and so let's go let's see we got 21 minutes now let's do good do our media our shameless media betters let's see what would they get uh, i would have to say they also get an f they are determined absolutely determined to burn through any credibility they had left. I don't think they had a whole lot going into the uh, the year. And so the last few months have been awful as far as scandals. You've got um, sexual abuse scandals that are arising. You've got ethical uh, uh, things that are happening with, with the Cuomo brothers. Uh, we're talking about politicians there, which I, I, we could we could go back later and, and grade Andrew um, Cuomo, but his brother has now been found out also to be had been... Uh, breaking all kind of journalistic ethics, which we knew when he was interviewing and it was bad, but it turns out not only was he advising him, which he said he wasn't doing, he was also trying to dig up dirt on some of the accusers, the sexual uh, assault accusers, uh, just uh, absolutely just a horrible thing. And it turns out he was, himself was guilty of some of that. Um, there's been some other sexual abuse scandals there at CNN. I think one of the uh, producers had to resign for some 
pedophilia uh, charges or something like that. It's just absolutely like I don't I don't see how our media recovers from this. I don't. Um, I, I think I, I, that not only you know all these scandals, they're I think biases are at a all time high. I think that they're rooting. This is one what blows my mind. One of the things that I could not believe if I hadn't seen it and lived through it that we have actual members of the free press in our country that are rooting for censorship. They want more censorship, and the reason is, and they don't they won't they won't acknowledge this, but they nobody listens to them. No, nobody wants to know what they have to say, and so instead of doing the the hard work it would take to gain, regain, and build trust and regain credibility, they just want to censor other people that they're listening to. So oh, those people they're engaged in misinformation. We got to shut them down. It's like, man, you you have been engaged in misinformation, and you are literally causing harm to people, like literally like breaking laws. It's just absolutely insane that we are here. And so the media gets an F. Let's continue going on right now. How about, ooh, let's do health officials and experts. Um, it, I, it, I don't want to be so cynical because I'm. this is three Fs in a row, but this has been 2021. I'm sorry, folks, if you're just now emerging out from a rock or a cave that you've been living in. Um, we All, all of our people that, that are, quote unquote, leading and are supposed to be covering people that lead and help lead us out of this pandemic have, have been a disaster, 100% disaster. The messaging coming from health officials and experts, they they they're constantly flip flopping on their recommendations and what you know what they say. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I, I'm okay with health officials and quote unquote experts being wrong. Like if the whole idea of science, and we talked about this a little bit on the last episode with uh, Crocker was that science is the pursuit of knowledge. You, you, you should be, you know, it's, it's a practice. It's a set of uh, tools that you use to discern what's true. So I'm okay with that occasionally being wrong. But what I've, what I've drove, has driven me crazy is that there has been no humility, like the, the, the lack of, of, you know, just honesty and transparency. Hey, we got it wrong when we said the masks weren't working. We were lying to you because we didn't want a rush on the mask and we wanted those in those positions to have them. And it, it's just, it's just been a disaster. That was early on in the pandemic of 2020, but it's gotten no better. They're starting right now to come out and say the things that conservative and and quote unquote these people that they are they label and um, libel uh, these you know quote unquote anti-vaxxers, all these things that this is disinformation and misinformation that gets you banned from Facebook, get your posts put, you know, with, with these warnings on it and stuff like that. Now they're coming out and saying this stuff like Fauci this weekend was literally saying, Hey, well, not everybody in the hospital, you know, that, 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 you know, these cases that are saying are COVID, they don't, they're not there for COVID. They're there with COVID. It's like, Oh man, it seems like I heard Thousands of people saying that, but getting banned off of their 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 accounts because it was misinformation or or you know, and now we've got you know Fauci, who in my opinion he has to go. Like, what are we doing? Him and the Walensky lady that does the CDC, like Collins, I think was on his way out. We're, we've got we have got to we have to either have we need new institutions if we can't get new leadership in the the institutions that are there. But I don't know if there's any resurrection. For these institutions, I think you have to burn and hold down and start over. I, and I, I could be a cynic, a cynic there, uh, and somebody. You, I'm welcome to hear why this would be a bad idea. And I've got some people that I want to talk to in 2022. Maybe they can convince me of that. But here's what I think on it. I think it's a. I think we have we experienced the death of these institutions, and they don't realize it yet. It's like these reanimated corpses. They 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 speak from positions of power that we do not grant them anymore. Like you can you can say whatever restriction you want. Like I've been out of the pandemic since I got the vaccine. You know why? Because that's what was promised to me. Get the vaccine, 
Don't worry about anything else. And I have done that. And I don't care how many times you change your mind. My mind hasn't changed. I'm vaxxed and done. That's how my approach has been since whenever I got it earlier in this year, whenever it made it available to me, I wasn't banging on the door trying to get in line or circumvent the process. But when it became available in my area, I went and got it and I'm done. I am done. I don't want more restrictions. I don't want more lockdowns. Definitely no mandates. You're not going to mandate a booster. I don't think I need it. All these things, I'm done. And that should be in the messaging from day one. It started off being the messaging and they changed it. So they get an F there. I think this is something that uh, I, I consider doing a whole episode on this this phenomenon, um, how how health ex- uh, officials and experts have suffered this death. Um, and I, I come across a terminology uh, about on another article that kind of summed up my thoughts on it. It's it's they did they weren't murdered. The pandemic didn't kill them. The the public didn't kill them. And I wouldn't even say it was suicide. I don't think they intended to die. So there was this legal classification when I was trying to articulate this. It's called death by self-manslaughter. I say I say it's legal classification. I don't think it is. I think it was a paper that was arguing that it should be. Death by self-manslaughter. What is death by self-manslaughter? Well, you caused your death, but you didn't mean to cause your death. So if manslaughter legally is not murder because you didn't intend to kill somebody, but you were behaving in such a reckless fashion that you did kill someone, that's manslaughter. So I think they are death by self-manslaughter. They behave so recklessly during this pandemic that they caused their own death, but they were not intentionally. So it's like an accidental death that they caused, but it was because they were behaving so um, insanely. They they like they caused it. And so that's where I'm at there. Let's go on. We're at 28 minutes. We've only got a few things. Ooh, let's get to some of my personal things. Now you're going to say, Chester, you old dog, you're going to give everybody Fs and look at you giving yourself all these good grades. Well, I'm going to tell you, uh, I'm going to let somebody else grade. Maybe we'll have the pod father on pretty soon and he can grade the podcast. Let me give some personal, um, personal goals that I had set. Let me start off. Uh, let me start off with one that I don't think I did very well. Let's go to the adventure in preaching. And I'm not talking about the series. I'm talking about the actual execution of what the series, the series just documented and chronicled my journey. And so I'm going to give Kenny Chesser a C, like C-ish. And the reason it's not a failing grade is because I, I was able to mark off some things that I wanted to do. I started strong on my journey. I was like batting a thousand when it came to preparing and preaching those messages as I was trying to do it. Now, listen, I said from the offset that I'm not against topical preaching, and I think that I would still engage in that. So me saying that I reverted back to some uh, some topical preaching, that's not that's not why I marked myself poorly on that, because I, I said from the beginning I would still do that. Here's here's where I, I, I received some lower marks for. I think I reverted back to it a few times when I shouldn't, like when I when I knew I shouldn't. And it was because either the pressure was on or, you know, there's, there's a, a, a myriad of reasons why I would do that, but I did do that, and I know it. I've got to be personally honest, and I shouldn't have done that. And I want to say... I would probably still be at a B level, like B minus, um, except the last few opportunities of preaching this past year. Actually, I feel like my presentation lacked. And this is something I've always been, I've, I felt like I've done really pretty well and it was my presentation. Um, I, I, my uh personality, you know, it, it, it carries me a little bit, um, especially early on in ministry when I, when I didn't have any experience. I didn't have life experience, definitely didn't have ministry experience. I had, I had, I, you know, I could be funny or I could, I could hold attention. So I felt like at the end of this year, my presentation really lacked. There was a couple of ministry opportunities where I thought I had a good thought and I don't know if it's old age, maybe it's COVID related. Maybe my, <laughs> maybe my mind ain't as sharp. I don't know what it is, but man, I, my presentation, I think I lacked a few times. So for that, I'm going to give myself a C and you say, Chester, don't be so hard on yourself. 
Is there something that you did good this year? Let me tell you something I did good this year. My personal reading goals, I'm giving myself an A plus. Now all the haters, you can be haters all you want. Wait a minute, we got a we got a phone, we got a we got a call coming in right now. Caller, you're on the air. Brother Kenny, I agree with everything you said. Well, Blake, I, I appreciate that, and I can't tell you how good it is to have you in my corner on my reading goals. Now, I know I got some haters out there, but my Blake is in my corner, and I'm so thankful. Let's let's let's. I'm going to tell you why I think I got an A plus on my personal reading goals last year. And this is some of the, I did some episodes about my books uh, and my my progress of last year. Last year, I had my biggest reading year ever. I read 54 books, which amounted to about 21,736 pages. And I get these stats from Goodread. Goodreads, it's a uh, it's a platform that you can go in and, and chronicle your book reading. And so I, I thought, man, wow, that's my biggest year ever. 54 books and over 21,000 pages turned in, in 2020. So they, they do a thing at the beginning of the year where you set a goal. So I did 54 books and I thought, man, I'm going to do 55 books this year. And so I went with a goal of 55 books. And at the end of this year, and I've, I've got one day left. And I, if I get one more book, it'll be a nice even number. My OCD might cause me to do that. But right now as a recording, as the time of recording, this episode, I am at 89 books. I hit my goal by 162%. Now you say, Chester, that is that is insane. Well, I'm going to tell you exactly how I did it. And I, and I talk about this more on our Pros Before Bros podcast. If you haven't checked out that podcast, I, I encourage you to go over there and check that out. Um, that's me and my friend James, who was on this podcast last episode. Um, we talk about how we read and, and how we got through there. So last year, I was at 21,000 pages and 54 books. This year, as it is right now, I have read 89 books. I've read 29,000 pages, 450. This is not including any resources, uh, books that I've read for sermon preparation, the Bible, or anything like that. These are just books that I've read leisurely, or uh, if I was reading books for um, for teaching a class, I would count those if they were like, you know, the books on, on those subjects or whatever. And so I, you can, you, you know, you can argue against me if you want, but I feel like 162% of my goal when it started out to be 54, I was really, really, I was excited to say that. And, um, I've got more on my top books uh, coming in 2022, and then also you can read the top book or listen to the top book episode in Pros Before Bros that posted earlier this week, um, and you can get more of my stats there. It goes we we talk about our average book length, we talk about um, shortest book, longest books, most popular books, stuff like that, and the ones that we uh, ranked. And so we are at 33 minutes, and I cannot tell you again how thankful I am that you went on this journey with me all the all those months ago back in January when we started this podcast journey. I had a handful of supporters, had a handful of listeners, and some of you have stuck out and listened to every episode or the majority of them. And I want to say thank you. Thank you for your encouragement. Thank you for making connections with me in all the various ways that you can connect through the Kenny Chester podcast. Thank you for when I've seen you in person uh, to compliment and offer constructive criticism and tell me how I can improve the show. I'm always looking for that. So I think that's how I'm most comfortable with closing out this year is once again, I am grateful for all those that have taken this journey with me. Thank you and God bless. You've been listening to the Kenny Chester podcast. Please consider subscribing and leaving a review. 